Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Apologies for the trash audio last week. Um, on my end, Brandon sounded good, I think. I was on AirPods for the first time in a while. My wife and I had to unexpectedly leave home and my podcasting equipment did not get packed, but I have been assured that my audio doesn't sound like trash anymore. So we are back in business, I hope, I think, which means my dog is going to bark midway through this podcast and blow everybody's eardrums out. Um, I am joined this week by three new people, two new to this pod. I've had Drake on this podcast before. Um, Three new people for Hail Varsity. And um, I'm just going to give them um, the floor for a few minutes to just kind of introduce themselves and, and say what they're doing. Um, I'd like to have these folks on the podcast um, as we get close to Nebraska's football season regularly. So you guys are going to hear from these folks, um, hopefully pretty regularly, I guess, if they want to come back on the podcast. Um, that remains to be seen. Uh, first, Steve. Steve, introduce yourself. Hello. How are you? Yes, hello, Derek. My name is Steve Marek. I'm a staff writer um, at Hale Varsity. Monday was actually my first day, and I'll be covering uh, football, women's basketball, and baseball for my three beats. Nice. Um, did you play sports growing up? Yeah, so I'm have... from, a, yeah, I'm from a super, super small town um, in north northeastern Nebraska called Howells. Um, so when you're when you're at a, a small town, you you, you kind of um, just make the team if you're on there. I wasn't good or anything, but yeah, I played football, basketball, and then in the spring, I was a track guy. I did I was a high jumper. So, did you have for some of those team sports? Did you have a recurring number that you tried to choose every single time? Like, did you have a favorite number? Um, for some, uh, yeah. So uh, 15, 15. I love fifteen. When I was uh, just getting into college football in my like um, teenage years, I was a huge Colt Brennan fan of Hawaii. I used to stay up all night watching that guy um, throw throw about sixty passes a game. So um, and he was number fifteen. So I for some reason I just um, like like fifteen and Colt Brennan and and that run and shoot that um, that Coach June Jones had over there on, on the islands. Yeah, I liked fifteen for Tim Tebow. I'm sure our listeners like 15 for a different reason. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to put you on the spot because I didn't prepare any of you for this, but I'm going to do it for all three of you. <laughs> Nebraska has two guys on its roster wearing number 15. Name one of them. 15. Is it Matt Masker? Is one of them Matt Masker? He is 18. Oh, shoot. oh Xavier Betts, right? There you go. There you okay. go. And nobody, no, nobody listening to this, nobody gets to yell at any of my three guests because they're all new. Okay, so I just want to get that out of the way first. Like Steve said, his first day was Monday. You guys are listening to this maybe Saturday, hopefully before 
the Illinois football game. Otherwise, uh, the rest of this podcast is not going to mean much for you. Um, okay, Drake, let's go to you. Drake, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So you've been on here once before, but just kind of introduce yourself in the, uh, in the Hale Varsity context that you now find yourself in. Yes, uh, I have been on here before, but now I am an intern here at Hale Varsity. Um, I'll be mainly writing, um, covering football, anything else, and just, yeah, writing features, stuff like that. So I'm excited. My first day was also Monday. Yeah. So did you play sports growing up, and did you have a number that you preferred? Yeah, um, I played I played a little bit of soccer. I played a little bit of basketball. Um, I played up these up until high school because um, then I wasn't good enough to make the team. Um, but, you know, that's about it. Um, I didn't have a I, I, I like the number 12. Um, I never wore the number 12. Um, I never got like lucky enough to like actually pick my jersey number. So the last the last number I remember wearing was like four. Okay. Do you want to go with 12 or do you want to go with four? You get to kind of cheat a little bit because you get to choose. There are, there are two guys wearing number 12. One of them is brand new. There are two guys wearing number four. Neither of them are brand new. Um, we'll go with four. I, 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 okay. Um, shoot. Is, is Alante Brown still wearing four? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The other one was Miles Farmer. So we're two for two so far. Okay. I knew that. Yeah. Good job, guys. Jolie, hello. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Um, so my name's Jolie. I'm the content and video production intern at Hill Varsity now. And basically, I'm just uh, taking videos at post-practice press conferences and hopefully doing some like video packages uh, for YouTube and maybe social media occasionally. So it's kind of my job. Yeah. So if anybody is watching stuff that's on Hill Varsity's YouTube page, Jolie is behind that. So you know who to thank. Um, Jolie, what about you? I A preferred number growing up. So I didn't play sports in high school and I have a bad memory. So the, I played volleyball in grade school and I don't remember the number I chose. It was probably like a two, something like that. Well, that one's easy. That one's easy. I'm not going to ask you who wears number two on Nebraska's <laughs> roster. That one's easy. So I'm just going to make up a number then. Okay. Number six, there are two guys that wear number six. Can you name one of them? Honestly, probably not. I don't, I, I have a bad memory and I don't even know half the football team yet. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's fine. One of them is brand new, Samori Toure. The other one is Quentin Newsom. So um, my wife just had this idea to have like a little icebreaker. So my first couple months on the beat, um, I had to have Nebraska's little roster right next to me at all times because I was constantly mixing up names. I was constantly getting lost with numbers. Guys change their numbers every offseason, so it screws everybody up. Um, so, yeah, good job, team. Good stuff. Awesome. Um, so we are uh, – we're recording this on Wednesday. You guys that are listening to this will probably be listening to it either Friday afternoon, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday – um, hopefully before the game, because this week, Nebraska opens the 2021 football season. We get week zero football games, which 
Like I was listening to somebody talk about week zero, uh, year zero for head coaches, listening to the, to the guys on the solid verbal podcast, talk about year zero and how dumb the phrase is because it really kind of is dumb. And to me, week zero football games seems kind of dumb because it would just be week one because there are teams playing. That being said, the schedule for this weekend is looking light. It is not looking good. Um, unless, of course, uh, you're like Steve and you want to watch Hawaii play UCLA, I guess. There we go. <laughs> um, but, like, you get you get Nebraska, Illinois, and then you get Hawaii, UCLA, and then that's really kind of it. Um, do you guys like this week zero thing? Or if we're going to continue with this, do we need to have better games? So uh, me personally, I give me all the football that you can that you can throw my way. I'm going to watch it all. And I do agree with you. Week zero doesn't really make sense because football is being played. So why not just call it like week one? I know not everybody is going, but just call it week one. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Nebraska, Illinois, one of five games. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the Hawaii UCLA game and actually San Jose State and Southern Utah, I think, are going. I'm a, I'm a, I've been following Nick Starkle, the quarterback at San Jose State, for a while now because it seems like he's been playing football for like a million years. Um, he's on his yep. like third team, I believe. Uh, he's a fun Twitter follow too. Um, so yeah, that UConn Fresno State game is a little weird too. It's like, why is UConn um, going all the way to Fresno to play a football game? But uh, yeah, um, give me all the football you can get. Um, I, I can find a reason to watch really anything on on TV these days. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. Well, UConn Fresno road trips. I mean, that's like the new the alliance between the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the ACC. We're going to get Syracuse playing freaking like yeah. UCLA randomly. Cross-country so, games here. Yeah. Drake, what about you? Are you excited for this weekend or do you think there needs to be better games for week zero? Um, I'm fine with it. You know, it's it's football. I agree with that. Um, I, I don't care for any um, of, of the matchups really, but – um, you know, I'll, if it's on, I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it because, you know, I've been, I have been waiting for some college football. How many of you guys will randomly watch like Mac action, Mac action on a Wednesday night? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Give me all the Mac action. I love it. Yeah. Not me. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Sometimes there are better things to do on a Wednesday night. You'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, um, what is the thing you're most looking forward to seeing from Nebraska this season? Jolie, we'll start with you. I think, especially these past two weeks as I've been covering stuff, they've been a lot of talk and saying like, oh, like we've been working hard. I'm just excited to see that in action and also to have some sort of in-person form of seeing it again. And it's not just like all of us stuck at home, a TV screen with like fake cheering going on there. So I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, I think the uh, the over under for like ESPN, Fox, CBS broadcast booth partners saying we're so glad fans are back or some variation of that sentiment should be set at like a thousand for this season because it's going to get said every single week on every single game, like two or three times a game. It's going to get said by the halftime crew. It's going to get said by game day people every single week. We're going to get sick of it. So. But yeah, it's good. It's good to have it's good to have people back. Don't mistake me for saying I don't want fans in the stands. I think that's going to be awesome to finally see um, some of these places because because it looked weird last year and it felt weird. It was at the Ohio State game um, to open the season? It was just weird. It just felt 
strange. Um, and Frost talked at Big Ten Media Days about how it felt like, you know, when they were playing at Memorial Stadium, it, it felt almost like a home disadvantage because yeah. they are so used to having the sea of red there and they didn't have it. Um, so absolutely. Uh, week one, where I guess, yeah, that would be week one. Nebraska's playing at home um, where they get to bust out some uh some new jerseys i think shortly after that yeah the unis yeah that it will uh it will be nice what about you drake what are you looking forward to seeing the most from nebraska this season um i'll say just i think i'm really interested in seeing how the wide receivers do um i think that's you know since 2018 they had stanley morgan and they haven't had like a consistent group of wide receivers since then um it feels like they could have that um this year with Torre and if Omar you know sees the field consistently and things like that but you know we we won't know um until they actually get out there and I, I think I think it'll be really interesting to see because I think it's going to be a really important part do you think the the three starters now of course if somebody's listening to this after the game they already know the answer to this but do you think the three starters at wide receiver uh, the first guys out on the field against Illinois are going to be Omar Manning, Samori Torre, and Oliver Martin, or do you think it's going to be somebody else, some other combination of three? Um, I think it'll be definitely be Torre. Um, as for the other two, I have no idea. I feel like they really like a lot of their guys. Um, you know, Wyatt, Wyatt Lever, and um, even like Levi. I don't think Levi Pelk will start, but I think Omar could be out there. Um, Betts could be out there. Oliver Martin could be out there. You know, they've talked about a lot of guys, so it'll, it'll be interesting. This is why you don't put out a depth chart. Nobody right. knows. You get yeah. a big strategic advantage on the other coach, even though half <laughs> the league didn't put out a depth chart. It's so dumb. Um, <laughs> Steve, thing you're looking forward to most across the season. Yeah, Drake had a good one with the right receiver crew. Um, and obviously, I don't want to be boring and see um, and say Adrian Martinez because everybody just I mean, everybody knows quarterback is top spot. And um, I think his development and what he's going to look like is going to be the most interesting. But I'm not going to go with there. I'm going to go with the defense. Um, the defense has a ton of dudes back, a ton of starting production back. Um, and there and there's like expectations with the defense. Right. Will they meet them? Will they come out and look like a strong defense like they like they um, look like towards the end of the, towards the end of last season. That's what I'm um, really most interested in. Yeah, I, they're top ten in returning defensive production. Um, this yeah. year's certainly going to be interesting for that returning production sort of earmark because that usually forecasts improvement year over year. But like this yeah. year, everybody returns everything. And so mm -hmm. like you look at the Big Ten and like I think Rutgers and Maryland maybe return the most in the Big Ten. Yeah. So there's a conversation of like, okay, you got a bunch of guys back, but is bad production returning good does that forecast improvement yeah. or you just get like below average players back to have more below average performance so that'll really be interesting but nebraska made gains defensively last year yeah. um the defensive line certainly it probably looks to be the most interesting because you you, you kind of look around the country and you see people talk about nebraska's defense and i think for myself i don't want to speak for you guys but for myself i, I think potentially the secondary could be the strength of the defense and then you talk to other people that look at them from a national scope or a lens and they say, well, it's the defensive line. Look at the depth on the defensive line. We've got Ben Stilley. PFF really loves Ben Stilley. Um, you've, excuse me. You've got Ty Robinson who can maybe start to, to grow and reach some of the, the potential that he has 
Um, I really like Casey Rogers, DeAndre Thomas, black shirt, which is cool. I think Damian Daniels is in for a big year. Um, so that defense is definitely going to be, I, I think they have a chance to surprise some people who maybe haven't been paying attention to Eric Schneider over the last couple of years. Um, I think he's done a really, really good job sort of building up that defensive group. Um, but, you know, certainly going against, you know, you've got Oklahoma, you've got Buffalo, who was a really good offense last year. And then you've got all the, the top teams in the Big Ten that you got to play. They're going to be tested this year. So we'll certainly see that. Um, what about just this weekend? And we'll go sort of in snake order. So, Steve, I'm going to stay with you. Um, what are you most interested in seeing from Nebraska this weekend right away out of the gates? So I think the common consensus with Illinois and Brett Belima is they're going to try to run the ball. I'm talking with some of the players and the coaches um, yesterday and on Monday. Um, I think everybody thinks that, okay, they're going to try to run at, run at us, right at us. Can we stop that? Can we, can we set the edges on defense so they can't get outside? Things like that. That's what I'm going to be looking for is just that run defense. Because if you can limit the Illini um, with their run game, make it really tough to gain yards, you're going to force um, Brandon Peters that I like Brandon Peters. He's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's um, throwing to some good receivers. At least we don't know yet. I think the receiving core, they don't, they don't have the leading receiver from last year. I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm not going to try to say it. Um, but yeah, he's going to, I just don't think that there's a lot of weapons coming back in the receiving core for Illinois. So if you can just like limit what they can do in the running game, I think Nebraska is going to be sitting good. It's Josh Imator Bebe. Oh my gosh. Pronunciation. Good job. Yes. Pronunciation lesson from Mo Berry a couple of years ago when we played because he was close with Josh. Um, okay. That's the only reason I, I know how to say that. Um, yeah, Illinois, that's definitely going to be the, one of the, the keys of the game to watch because you look at like Illinois essentially starting over from from ground zero. We could call this a year zero for Brett Bielema if we wanted to, if we like that phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, his his brand of football is physical running smash mouth. It's what he did at Wisconsin. It's what he tried to do at Arkansas, but he was going up against Alabama and it didn't work. Um, so that's what he's got here at Illinois. They've got an offensive line that returns intact. You mentioned Brandon Peters, who had a, a probably a down 2020, um, yeah. certainly not, you know, the, the performance that he wanted to, to have. Yeah. And he um, had he's probably hoping COVID, COVID and stuff like that. So it was kind of like, he, he never really got that consistency last year. Absolutely. He's probably hoping to return more to the 2019 form that he had when he first yeah. showed up. Um, and, and then you've got, you know, you've got a, a pretty deep running back room. Um, yeah. But like you said, you, you don't really see, burners at wide receiver um and so that'll be really interesting and 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 some of the games where nebraska's sort of um been taken advantage of is teams that hit the stretch run on them and they just keep hitting it and they they basically say can you fit right and for nebraska at times they just haven't fit right so that that'll be on the linebackers um as well so it'll be interesting to see how you know you got chris kalarvich in there um starting at the fbs level for the first time You've got Luke Reimer, who's really going to have a lot on his shoulders um, w- without Will Honus. And then you've got Nick Kenrich. So how do those guys fit? That'll be really interesting as well. Um, I'm kind of with yeah. you on that. Drake- yeah, and Derek, you, oh. you, you brought up some good you brought up some good points. And I was actually um, just talking with Tony Tuioti, Nebraska's defensive line coach. He was talking about how much um, film they've watched of Appalachian State um, from last year, because that's where Tony Peterson, um, the Illini's current offensive coordinator, was coaching last year. I went back and watched the, one of their big games against Coastal Carolina last night. They go, they went right at, and of course, like every team is going to be different. Every coaching staff, you're going to call plays to like what, what you think your, your team and players are good at, but just 
I mean, at App State last last year in that big game against Coastal Carolina, they went at Coastal's D with just like heavy run packages um, and just north and south stuff. And like you said, trying to get the edge, which kind of um, goes back to what Tuioti and J- um, Jojo Doman were talking about, just setting the edge and funneling everything back to the middle for the middle linebackers. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. So far on this podcast, Steve, you have said, give me all of the football that I can get because I'll watch all of it. You have brought up App State unprompted, and you've said <laughs> that you've watched an App State game yeah. recently. So you have become Brandon Bogle's favorite person. So hey, congrats. I'm not going to lie. Yesterday we brought up um, at App State and I said I was a Coastal fan and uh, Brandon, Brandon responded with, we are now rivals. So I thought that was, I didn't yeah. know that he was such an App State fan, but this will be interesting. Yeah. You, you are back in his good graces now, I, I can say for certain. Um, Drake, what are you looking forward to do most this weekend? Yeah, I think I'm really interested to see, you know, just the offensive play calling in general. Um, you know, they've, they've talked about how they want to um, throw downfield. I want to see, you know, how much they do that and how much they go for those throws. Um, I also just really want to see the run game. You know, um, whoever the starting running back is, I have no idea who it's going to be um, or how many running backs they'll use. Um, it'll be interesting, you know, just to see what the run game looks like, how many carries Adrian gets. Um, cause obviously, you know, the run game was really QB heavy last year. I think they wanted to get away from that, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how much they set up those opportunities. Have you liked the play calling just in general over the last, um, Let's just let's just keep it to last season since Lubick was was here for the first time last season. Did you like the play calling last year? Um, I don't I don't think I would say like I I don't know. It was it was definitely questionable at times. Um, and I think you know personnel also limited that. I feel like the wide receiver group wasn't the strongest. Um, it's not as strong as it seems to be now. Again, we'll have to see um how that actually plays out. But, you know, it it just didn't seem like, you know, they were doing much, you know, offensively or like stretching the field and that limited the offense a lot. Um, and yeah, and there is, you know, I this isn't necessarily a play calling thing. It could be. Um, but the thing that sticks out to me is still that first play against Illinois last year um, where Luke like did the weird pass to uh, Juan Dale and that was a whole thing. So it, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how much of that happens. There's definitely been those weird moments um, over the course of Frost tenure so far. You know, you think back to Ohio State when game day was in town and they go I formation uh, and they're running trap and it's working. And then we have never seen that again. Um, and then, you know, s- some of the other things like not running on Minnesota when they only had 40 mm-hmm. players. Some of the stuff is interesting. Um, some of the stuff, I, I think some of that points maybe to, to just the fact that Frost doesn't know what he can rely on, um, which I, I think if they can figure out what's going on at running back, if they can get some stability, some consistency from the guys that are just going to be available each week at wide receiver, I think some of that stuff will, will get helped just by having, you know, a, a firmer grasp of what your personnel is and who you're going to have available to you. Um, I, I haven't necessarily had any problems with frost play calling over the last couple of years. Um, I think the word you used was limited. I think that's, um, that's really accurate. I think in, in the way that I look at it, Jolie, what about you? What are you most interested in seeing from Nebraska this specific weekend, right out of the gates? 
I think personally, I'm interested to see how in general they approach the first game. Like they've been all this talk. I want to see if they can start the game strong and keep going strong with how their players are playing with, you know, not letting fatigue get to them, how they handle fatigue. Like this is their first game in a while, you know, running out of the gates. I want to see how they handle it and what, what they do with it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I asked Deontay Williams at Big Ten Media Days about sort of their their third down start last year. They're defending third downs in the first four games versus defending it in the last four games. They were really bad in the first four. They were really good in the last four. And he basically said, like, we just have to start better. Um, losing to Ohio State in week one set a bad tone for them defensively. And I asked, I asked, like, how do you get guys ready? He said, you can't get guys ready. Guys have to be ready. It has to be in their their DNA has to be in their makeup. Um, Deontay seems like a leader for the defense. He might not be a captain, but he's certainly a vocal leader for the defense. Um, and, and it seems like, you know, that defense has, has sort of taken on probably the personality of guys like Deontay, guys like Cam Taylor Britt, guys like JoJo and, and Ben Stilley, who have just a, you know, we have to treat every single rep like it's the most important rep, every single game like it's the most important game. Um, so, yeah, for them to be opening the season against a big 10 opponent for all the talk about how we need to get a win. We need to get some confidence, things like that rolling in, in the right direction, how they start, how they look, if they get the ball offensively to start the game on the first drive, how they look on that first drive, if they're able to move down the field. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. It'll, it'll, it'll tell us a lot about sort of just the, the mental makeup of the team. Um, what about, what about a player you're most interested in seeing this season? I think, from my limited knowledge of the team, I am interested to see Austin Allen. I know this is his first time as captain. Um, and I think that's a pretty big deal, like seeing someone step into a leadership role on the team and how they're going to handle that um, and how the team is going to respect them and react to them on the field. Like practice is different. You don't have an opponent there. And when you have an opponent, seeing that leadership style really come out is very telling, I feel like. Cole Ashby is a, a former GA uh, for the Huskers. He loves to say that that uh, Austin Allen is six foot eight. Loves to point out when anybody else says that Austin Allen is six foot eight. So Austin Allen is six foot eight. You get a giant target to throw to. He's a power forward out there. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Um, now you're Jacob Padilla's favorite. Um, Drake, player you're most interested in seeing. Austin Allen was a good choice. Um, I think you could also go with like anyone from the secondary, but. Um, I'll go with a very easy answer and say like Cam Taylor Britt um, and particularly I want to see you know he talked about wanting to get more interceptions than his jersey number um, and we haven't you know we haven't seen a lot of interceptions from like Nebraska's top corners over the past few years um, so I think that'll be really interesting it's he's already you know really impressive and he's done a lot um, but to see if he can take that next step to, you know, forcing even more turnovers than he already has is going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, five five interceptions in eight games is not really where, where you want to be if you're playing this kind of scheme. Um, right. And Cam certainly fancies himself a guy, a sure-handed guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. What about you, Steve? I'm going to go with Samari Toure. Samari Toure. Um, so I, we all know what he did at uh, Montana FCS All-American. Um, can he do that in, in big time, right? Division, division one um, 
power five football. Um, he just, from by all accounts, he's a solid, he's looked solid at practice from everything um, coaches have said. Um, just can he, can he go in um, game one against Illinois and help out in the passing game? Just because, you know, it's, it was, it's going to be hard to be worse than they were in the passing game last year. But if you inject um, Toure in there, just hopefully, hopefully he can do something and just give defenses something else to think about. So they don't have to just pack the box and, and just wait for that, wait for the run because they're not scared of Adrian in the passing game. If, if Adrian and, forms any kind of connection with Toure, I think that's going to help out a lot. And I think Toure might be the guy that finally does it. So there's been this trend in recent years for football teams to put their best receiver in the slot. Yeah. What, what do you think he provides for them in the slot versus outside? So I think Toure, Toure to me right now, Toure might be that alpha that they've been waiting for that they haven't had since, I don't know, like Maurice Purify. Um, so, and Stanley Morgan, of course. But if you put him in the slot, you, he just has you're giving him the entire field to work from. Right. If you're if you're just putting him on the outside, you know, he, he just has one one way to work. But on the in the outside, um, if you just put him in the inside, he has so much more room to work. And I think Frost is really good at drawing up plays on getting his getting guys open. It's going to be really interesting to see him in this in this um, slot compared to on the outside, just because I think you can do so much more. Um, out of the out of the slot and we've seen that in college football like you said a ton lately and particularly with this offensive scheme I mean Frost has said it before and you can go back to, to his UCF days I mean the, the football finds the guy that's in the slot in this scheme and for Nebraska over the last couple of years that hasn't necessarily been the case because they've moved the slot guy um, back into the backfield and asked him to run the football um, and we don't have that guy anymore um, so, so for them to have this big six, three guy, this sturdy player, he's experienced, he's been around college football, albeit at a different level, but he's been around college football. He'll be able to block from the slot. He'll be able to, to hit some of those outside linebackers, some of those edge rushers, him like, like, let's just say we get a formation with Austin Allen, Samori Torre and Omar Manning on the same side of the field. I'm very curious to see what that looks like and what Nebraska can do with that. Um, matchup advantages potentially with with this this sort of um personnel grouping at, at wide out and, and tight end is going to be really interesting to see yeah and Derek as you know like we all watch college football we see the rub routes we see the we see the crossing routes the picks almost every every play nowadays and it's just like if, if the refs aren't going to call it why why stop trying to do it right I could see that um, as another potential benefit as putting your best, your alpha guy in that slot. So he has room to work. And, you know, if you put Allen outside of him, um, that's a big body for, for defenders to get around and move and create some potential alleys for, for that slot guy too. And Nebraska, correct me if I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty sure Wyatt Lieber got his touchdown off of a rub route from the inside last year. I think. I remember that. I'll have to go back um, and look at yeah. Yeah. Somebody that's listening to this will um, and <laughs> yell at me if I'm wrong. Um, Drake and Jolie is for either of you. Nebraska will beat Illinois this weekend. If blank fill in the blank. Yeah. I'm going to say they don't turn the ball over. Um, they've had in the last two years, they've had, I want to, I want to say nine combined turnovers in two games against Illinois. Um, they won the first one. Um, but that game was closer than it probably should have been. Well, both teams were turning it over that game. Um, but last year, you know, that was a 
very big thing, you know, starting the game off with a turnover. He can't do that. Um, so they've talked about it. Um, it's been a problem, a consistent problem over the past few years. So while it hasn't been for Illinois, um, well, at least last year. Um, so I think that'll be pretty important to watch. Yeah, I would say they would be Illinois if also like they're anticipating on the field what's going to happen. I feel like I've seen it so many times where something happens and then like a player's running after trying to fix whatever's happening. Um, so definitely just them being observant and anticipating what's going on around them. Good, both good. Steve, Illinois beats Nebraska if blank fill in the blank. Yeah, so I'm going to go, I'm going to look back to last year and that offensive line and how they kind of um, just, oh, they, re- they rushed for 285 yards and four touchdowns in last year's win at Memorial Stadium um, in Lincoln. And uh, I think just this year, they bring a lot of that offensive line back. I was going through it like a couple of days ago. Um, I think it's like their starting five unit that they're projecting right now has over 140 starts combined throughout their career. Low, that left tackle, 40 career starts. The other tackle, 40 career starts. Um, the left guard, he's a transfer from Wofford that they're thinking is going to start 29 starts. Doug Kramer, who um, Tuyoti to, to talked, um, reminded him of, Tuyoti said he ran, reminded him of Cam Jurgens, just like this athletic guy, big guy who can move. Um, he has 37 starts dating back to last season. Um, it's, it's a big, experienced offensive line at Illinois, and they did, they did work last year, and it's going to be really interesting to see if they can replicate that um, again, bringing back Epstein and Chase Brown, the two, the two running backs. Um, they did it last year. Can they do it again? If Illinois beats Nebraska, that, that offensive line unit is going to replicate what they did yesterday, or I mean, last year, not yesterday. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, do you, the, I think the line is six and a half for this game. I think Nebraska it's moved, it's dropped a, a little bit. Um, the over-under is at like 54. Um, do you guys think Nebraska wins? Nebraska covers? Do you think we hit the over? What do we think happens here? We're, we're betting Neanderthals with this podcast. So uh, we, we have to talk about the lines. So do we think that Nebraska covers? Do we think that Illinois covers? Where are we at on this? I'll let one of the interns go first. No, I'm not, huge, I'm not a huge gambling guy. I'm not a huge gambling guy. Yeah. Okay, I'll say what I think first oh. then. I'll say what I think first then so that I'm, right. I'm the one that gets you all that. I think Nebraska wins, but I think Illinois covers, and I think we hit the over. So I can see like 34-31 Nebraska winning. Um, see, yeah, I had, I had just done a prediction, and I think I said uh, Nebraska 27 to 24. I think it's going to be a tight game. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was actually a little bit lower. Um, I went like 24, 20 Nebraska. Um, I think they'll win this game, but it'll be close. Yeah. You look at the game um, that they played in Champaign two years ago, that 2019 game, Drake, that you you mentioned a little bit ago, that one was 42 to 38 with all the turnovers. Um, Nebraska was able to put points on the board, but all the turnovers hurt them. Um, I, I think they will be better this year in terms of hanging on to the football but how much better in week one, I don't know. And, and I think, you know, with Illinois being a conference opponent, you know, you're not, you're not worked into a lather in week one. Like you, you have to kind of work yourself into it. And Frost has said time and time again, 
you make your most improvement as a football team from week one to week two. So for them to open with a big 10 opponent, it might not look pretty, which people will, will maybe freak out over. Um, and after what we've seen justifiably so, um, but if Nebraska gets the job done, you know, I think, I think they certainly have the talent advantage over Illinois. Um, and if Nebraska gets the job done, you know, at the end of the day, that's all that will matter. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. Anything else that you guys want to hit on that we haven't covered any Illinois specific stuff? I don't think I have anything. Cool. All right. Well, I've taken up enough of your time. I'm sure you guys have work to do, so I'll let you get back to it. Thank you so much for, uh, for all of you guys coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's good to hear from you. Thank you you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having having us. us. So I'll link for the people listening to this. I will link everybody's, uh, twitter profile twitter bio in the in the description um on our site so if you're not following these three already get on that and um keep reading helpvarsity.com we'll have plenty of content throughout the weekend obviously it's football weekend so these guys are going to be working around the clock uh, as we sort of cover the start of of hopefully a uh, a new era for frost at nebraska he's hoping to have some success where he hasn't before um so keep reading helpvarsity.com subscribe to all the Hail varsity podcast offerings leave this podcast a star rating and a review if you feel so inclined if you leave one star or a zero star review i will find your email address and i will spam message clips of these scott's tots office straight into your inbox and nobody wants that shouts to cam for producing this shouts to my three guests for being on and for you guys for listening every single week Uh, we'll talk to you next week Hoda Media Production.